was oh the jungle VIP. I reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. Please keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mountain Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. All right, Kyle, we're back with another bracket today. We're at episode number seven, bracket number four. How are you feeling so far? Feeling good. I feel like we are uh, finding our stride and we're just getting into the thick of all things Disney. So it's only going to go up from here. Yeah, I feel like this topic today is kind of in our wheelhouse. So uh, I think we're going to have a great discussion. And welcoming us on today's episode is my very good friend, Kadeem. What's going on, Kadeem? Not much. Happy to be here. Kadeem is one of my very good friends from school. We have been to the parks together one time. Is that right, Kadeem? Yes, for my 25th birthday. Yes, it was Kadeem's birthday party. We were all there. One of our friends turned on airplane mode on their phone and ran away, and we lost her. It was it was a very adventurous day in the park. <laughs> yes, lots of mishaps, but still a good time, and I'm glad that you were able to join me for my uh, quarter century. So uh, Kadeem definitely has knowledge on this topic as we are loyal park goers. All right, Chris, it is time for Spoonful of Sugar. What you got going on over there? So uh, I did my own creation. It is a Disney Parks tribute because we are in the parks today. Basically what I did was took vanilla ice cream and pineapple juice and put it into a blender and put some white rum in there. So it's kind of like a an alcoholic Dole Whip smoothie sh- milkshake thing. So calling it a Dole Lit. Oh, oh, there you go. How's it tasting? It's actually really good. <laughs> I don't know. It's like thick and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through the whole thing. But Yeah, we're going to have to see about that. Well, I'm in the kind of same realm. I just kind of put some stuff together here so i did pineapple juice as well i did some dark rum and i did some malibu i'm calling this thing the malaboomer hey rest in peace boo rest in peace to punniful california adventure and kadeem do you happen to have a spoonful of sugar today i do uh i was pressed for time so i um Got myself a smoothie uh, and added to it a tropical fruit blend of rum. So uh, I like to call it the jungle blend. Yee, we're all drinking rum today. We're rum boys. We're all very tiki on this episode. I love it. All right. Well, before we get to the bracket, we do have an email that we want to go over. Yeah. So this email comes to us from Ashley Colton, who I used to live down the street from growing up. Um, And I was really good friends with uh, her little brother. Shout out, Andrew. So here we go. She says, hi, Kyle and Chris. So I love the podcast. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but my opinion is swayed by loyalty. Shout out to childhood neighborhood dumb. LOL. But I really don't think so. It's genuinely a great concept, and you guys execute it really well. I seriously look forward to each episode so much. 
Part of me wishes I found 50 episodes down the road so I could binge it all. Like the satisfaction of finding a new Netflix show that has eight seasons. But it's all good. I just anxiously anticipating new episodes in the meantime. Yeah, we are just getting started, Ashley. So we don't quite have the, uh, yep. the 50 in it under our belt. Chris asked for more emails and opportunities for longer discussions. So, I challenge, so challenge accepted. She says, a best song bracket structure. Separate brackets for four main song categories. Best hero song, best villain song, best ballad, best general theme. And then the winners of each of those will generate the final four to compete for best overall. Or you could even start with like eight categories to be really thorough. That's uh, that's that's some intense stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I exactly like that for the best song bracket because like who's to say that the two that will be duking it out in the end shouldn't both be princess love songs or something like that, you know? Right. Um, but I do like the idea of having like winners of multiple categories facing off against each other in some way. So like a best heroes bracket versus a best villains bracket. And then mm. like a hero and a villain meet in the end or best Disneyland ride versus de- best California adventure ride or something like that. Um, I think that could be really interesting down the line when we're a little bit more stretched for ideas. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I definitely, my gears are turning in my head after that one, Ashley. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, I like that that thought process there. She continues, ideas for future brackets. Best dynamic duo, think Woody Buzz, Timon Pumbaa. Best character ensemble, Beauty and Beast cast, Toy Story cast. Best Disney parent. Best sequel. Best sidekick or sidekicks. Best prince. Best universe, a la Peter Pan and Neverland, Coco with Land of the Dead inside out <laughs> riley's mind riley's mind's universe <laughs> and uh best character journey slash development uh think simba think beast think emperor kuzco i could probably go on with more but there's some for now anyways you guys are kicking ass ashley well thank you ashley and i do appreciate the uh bracket ideas because there is going to come a time where we're going to run out of stuff and there's some things that you brought up that I didn't even think about, kind of like best character journey. Yeah, we we talk about character journeys a lot already, but you know, who's to say that the heroes in some of these movies are the ones with the best journeys? You know, who's to say maybe some of the more minor characters in the movie might have gone through a more satisfying transformation? Um, I also really like the best universe one. Uh, yeah. That's kind of an interesting one. It's a little bit obscure, but um, I think there are definitely some movies that the universe itself is more interesting than maybe the movie itself. Um, mm-hmm. Coco definitely is one of those that kind of stands out to me where I didn't really care for the characters itself, but it was kind of interesting to be in that world, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think about like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and stuff like that um, when talking about universes and some are more deep than others. Uh, I also like the sidekicks one mostly because I think that you have the opportunity to incorporate like henchmen mm-hmm. into into that one as well. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one uh, I think we'll probably cover down the line. 
Well, if you want to send us an email and hear it read on the show, you can do so by sending one to mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at mousemadnesspod, um, and we will be responding to hot takes there too. So keep them coming. Okay. Well, Kyle, it's come to the time in this episode where we announce our bracket and survey demographic. All right. Chris, what is this episode's bracket going to be? Let's first cue up the drum roll. Today's bracket is going to be Best Disney's California Adventure Ride. Oh boy, we're hopping into the parks. And the survey demographic was, Kyle? So we sent our team down to DCA and we asked them to identify folks who are couples wearing the he's mine, she's mine, Mickey and Minnie hand shirts where they're pointing to the other person. Oh, no. Um, no. I First of all, first of all, let's stop wearing those. No. Let's stop wearing those. Uh, well, you know, our interns probably got a lot of data because there are way too many of those shirts. It w- Yeah, it wasn't hard for them. They just posted up outside the nearest Monster University hat store and they just waited. Here's here's my theory is that I think they sell those shirts as part of vacation packages now. Oh, that's interesting. Where like you can do like a family matching shirts or like couples shirts or whatever um because it seems like that's it's like a thing now. You if you go onto like uh disneyshop.com or whatever there are personalized like shirt options and a lot of them are geared towards family vacation but these specific ones are definitely ones that are sold in malls at the kiosks in the middle of the walkway (laughs) so let's go ahead and stop that before we begin and announce our field we have to mention our one attraction that missed the dance by our definition there were 17 rides at California Adventure, and so one of them missed the cut, and that was the Golden Zephyr. Yeah, sorry, Golden Zephyr. Um, there's too many rides that are similar to that in that there's a lot of swinging going on in this park, so one of them had to go, and it just happened to be this one. Yep. I think the Golden Zephyr is kind of the poster child for the bad type of ride at California Adventure, so <laughs> I am not surprised that it missed the dance. But there are 16 good types of rides at California Adventure, and we're going to find the one, the best one. And we're going to go ahead and get started by announcing our field of 16. Cue the epic music. Let's go. Cruising into the number one spot, Radiator Springs Racers. Flying in at number two, we have Soarin' Around the World. Shooting its way into the number three spot is Toy Story Midway Mania. You can hear the screams from here. Number four spot is the Incredicoaster. Dropping into the number five spot is Guardians of the Galaxy hyphen mission colon breakout exclamation mark. (laughs) Roaring into number six spot is Grizzly River Run. Swinging into spot number seven, it's the Pixar Paloround. Diving into the number eight spot is the Little Mermaid, colon, Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Swinging into the number nine spot is the Silly Symphony Swings. Falling with style into the number ten spot is Goofy's Sky School. 
rolling into the number 11 spot, Miner's Junkyard Jamboree. Oh, we're starting with the, with the voices early in this one. Dancing its way into the number 12 slot is Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters. Blowing into the number 13 spot, Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind. Corralling its way into the number 14 spot is Jesse's Critter Carousel. Jumping into the number 15 spot is Jumpin' Jellyfish. And rounding out the field of 16 is Monsters, Inc. Mike and Soli to the rescue. Okay, so first of all, a lot of these attractions have really long names. <laughs> they really, uh, DCA really like to explain the ride in as many words as possible. Well, I mean, part of me is like, why did they do this? And then part of me is like, well, you can't just name a ride Tomater. Like, it has to Fair. be Tomater something. You know, but like Grizzly River Run. Like, that's a good, it's a good length for an attraction yeah. name. Yeah, absolutely. Kadeem, what do you think of this uh, field of 16 here? I think that of the 17 rides, these were probably the best 16. So, <laughs> so you don't think Golden Zephyr <laughs> should have been in here? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say it, it was left off validly. Okay. Okay, fair. Um, all right, well, let's get right into it with our first matchup. Seed number one, Radiator Springs Racers versus number 16, Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue. Monster, this Monsters, Inc. ride is has a, a history. Um, and I think the history of the ride makes it lose this matchup by itself. It's like a ghost of a scar of a terrible traumatic experience. And that traumatic experience was the Superstar Limo, yes. which is one of the worst creations of all time. It used to occupy the space that Monsters, Inc., Mike, and Sully to the rescue occupies now. And the quality of that ride was just not to Disney's standards. And they came back with this Monsters, Inc. dark ride that was of the same quality. It's got animatronics that are either completely static or all they really do is like swivel they recycled a lot of the animatronics there was like a jackie chan doing karate in superstar limo and they just dressed it up in one of the child protection agency um yep. hazmat suits and now there's like a agent like randomly like kicking in the air like on the monsters inc ride because it yeah. was jackie chan yep um you know, I don't really know that it's that bad of a dark ride, but the fact that it came out post-2000s, um, it, it feels kind of like a step backwards, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, if people haven't seen Superstar Limo, um, you need to go watch that YouTube video of the ride through because it is absolutely awful. People are worried about these IPs like Marvel and Pixar becoming dated, but... You want to talk about a dated attraction that's like instantly dated? Superstar Limo. It's got like Drew Carey, and they're like, oh, look, it's Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh my God, <laughs> Regis Philbin. <Yeah. laughs> like people that no one cares about yep. anymore. Yep. You know? I'm in full agreement with you. I don't think we need to spend any more time on this. Radiator Springs Racer is going to move on. Default. All right, let's hop down right below that to our number eight versus number nine matchup. It's Little Mermaid. Ariel's Undersea Adventure versus the Silly Symphony Swings. The Little Mermaid ride has also this interesting history to it. 
it was supposed to be a completely different ride and it was going to be really cool and disney even came out with like concept art and like virtual ride throughs of this peter pan-esque uh ride vehicle that you would feel like you're actually going underwater and all everything was going to be super realistic and it was gonna be awesome and what we got was not that (laughs) we got very very staticky animatronics we got uh, a underwater effect that is just lame it feels more like we're going underwater on pirates of the caribbean than it does on uh this aerial ride and it's just very underwhelming. And it also skips most of the movie. It's like a retelling of the movie without retelling the entire movie, which is super bizarre. Um, yeah. yeah. The Silly Symphony Swings is a normal pier ride, just swings that are attached to this kind of mushroom-looking attraction thing that spins the swings in the air. Um, so you're kind of flailing over edges of things they're typically on a pier over water and this one's no different and it is themed to the mickey mouse short uh the band concert so it's music from that um you are supposed to feel like you're in the tornado from that short and uh it's i i don't know it's it's just a swing ride however i think that just because of its what for what it is it's not a letdown and it's actually really enjoyable, and I really enjoy the music as you're flying through the air. So I'm going to put my vote at Silly Symphony Swings. I do not hate the Little Mermaid ride nearly as much as you do. Um, to me, the Little Mermaid ride is a redemption story in a lot of ways. When the ride first opened, Ariel's hair looked like a giant soft-serve ice cream cone. Um, because they were going for like a realistic what your hair would look like in the water. But like it, the cartoon, it doesn't look like that. So why are you going to do it on right. the ride? So they, they, they quickly fixed it. They completely redid the entire Under the Sea sequence. Uh, recently after the ride opened, it was originally very bright inside and it just did not feel like you were under the sea. And so they gave it kind of like a black light paint job. Uh, lowered the lights a lot in the room and I think it looks a lot better than it did uh, so I really appreciate that about the ride. Ursula's head also fell off uh, yes, last it, yes, summer I believe <laughs> yep. um, which you know that was quickly fixed so that's cool I don't think the animatronics are as terrible as you say they are um, I mean in my opinion the only like good one is Ursula otherwise it's just like Ariel wiggling and her mouth going up and down I will say that like a lot of the animatronics are just animatronics and not audio animatronics and like that's like that's the Disney thing is they're they're AAs not just A's. Right. Um and I do not like the fact that they just skip they go like tell the first 20 minutes of the movie and then skip to like the final shot of the movie. It's like wait, where was the, where Where's was, like the whole rest? Yeah, of it? where's massive Ariel? <laughs> I mean Ursula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's human Ursula? But if I'm, t- if I'm thinking about, like, Disney rides, Silly Symphony Swings is not a Disney ride. That's a ride I can ride at a carnival or Six Flags. Like, yeah, it's on the water, which gives it okay views. It's not on, like, a parking lot. But Ariel's still Disney. She's really stood the test of time. 
Um, I think she's relevant and it's worth a ride. I mean, I don't go to the park without riding that ride just because the wait time's always really short. It's a people eater attraction. Uh, I tend to skip the swings a lot. So I am going with the Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Going with that one. All right. So it's going to Kareem. Kareem, we need your tie-breaking vote already. All right. Um, well, I have to say you've both made excellent points. Um, I do agree with Kyle that the Silly Symphony swings are actually like really fun. But at the end of the day, the ride is a dime a dozen. I could ride that anywhere. And uh, I think that the Little Mermaid one is just very charming. So going to have to go with Little Mermaid on this one. Alright, first tie has been broken, and Little Mermaid is going to move on. Alright, so we're going to hop down the bracket here to a matchup that hopefully will not involve a tiebreaker. We have the number 4 seed in Coaster versus the number 13 seed Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind, which is the currently the newest attraction in the park, um, and... You all know my stance on Inside Out, so uh, <laughs> obviously I am going with the Incredicoaster here. But aside from my Inside Out bias, this is a ride that was repurposed. It used to be in a Bugs Land as Flix Flyers, which made a lot more sense because it was like a contraption that Flick had constructed out of like Chinese food boxes and stuff. Um, and now it's just like a random Inside Out thing plopped in the middle of nowhere. So. Um, I, I'm happy that it's another kid ride because I think California Adventure has kind of always had the problem that there's not a whole lot of kids stuff to do there. Um, so I like that it's in the rotation there, but, um, yeah, it doesn't hold a candle to Incredicoaster. Yep. I agree. I don't even need to waste any time. Incredicoaster should definitely move on in this one, which brings us to the five twelve matchup. This is going to be a good This Here we go. Is it, though? Is it, though? It's Guardians of the Galaxy Mission colon Breakout versus Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with us here. Um, I've never been on Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters, um, but it is a favorite pastime of mine to go to the Bayside Brews and grab a beer. And walk over to the little viewing area of Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters and just watch these trackless cars uh, spin around and, and dosey do and stuff. Um, it's a fun little watch. Mostly, I always joke with uh, my girlfriend that the ride is a lot more fun to watch than ride, even though I haven't been on it. But people sitting on it seem to kind of be enjoying it. Mission Breakout. Uh, it broke my heart when Tower of Terror left California. Um and but the replacement is fantastic. I think this is quintessential Disney theming. It's a little bit of a bummer that a lot of it is screen based and it wasn't very set based on the ride itself. Um, but the ride is still thrilling. It's still really fun. Uh, the fact that there's a different song every time you go on, or in theory, uh, makes it repeatable. And I just think it's the much better uh, ride. So I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout to move on in this round. I personally hate Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Here we go. And here is why. Um, I am super into the Tower of Terror, um, both the Florida version and the California version. Extremely different, but both 
awesome. I see why people like the Guardians of the Galaxy layover. I'm calling it a layover because that's really what it feels like. But it really represents the new direction that the parks are going in that I do not really like. Before, it was very much about putting guests in situations that maybe they always thought about but never had the opportunity to see themselves in. So, like, I wonder what it would be like to ride a mule through the Grand Canyon. So here's, like, a mini version in Frontierland. I wonder what it would be like if your locomotive train just started going out of control and... What would that be like? Okay, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I wonder what it would be like to be inside of a real haunted mansion, like a haunted house, like there were ghosts everywhere. Here it is. What would it be like if I was riding in this elevator and the cable snapped? Tower of Terror. And I think when you build a ride or attraction from that angle, you can't really lose. You know you're going to have something successful if you're tapping into something that you know people have thought about, and it's an experience that you know people are interested in. Guardians of the Galaxy, it's just kind of like, I don't really know what I'm expecting. It's like Disney made this thing that I don't really know what it is, and hopefully I like it, I guess. So that's one thing I don't like about it. The other thing I don't like about it is that it removes another fear-based attraction off of the roster of rides at the Disneyland Resort. It's my favorite thing about the Haunted Mansion. It was my favorite thing about the Tower of Terror, too. Super suspenseful, especially for your first time, or even if you're experiencing it with other people who have never been on it before. There's this sense of suspense and fear and impending danger like looming in the air in your elevator car. Uh, and it's just something that's so hard to replicate in any other setting, and I, I just love it for that reason. And I think that's ultimately what makes a really good Disney ride, is you go in there and you don't know what to expect, right? When I was a little kid, I was pretty scared to ride the Indiana Jones ride, and I would get, like, halfway into the queue and then chicken out, and, like, each time I get a little bit deeper until I chicken <laughs> out, because I just had absolutely no idea what was going to be on the mm-hmm. inside. No idea could not comprehend and so my mind was like creating these like crazy like oh man, like what's in there i don't know it's so scary um and the tower of terror was kind of the same thing you know you, you know that it's like an elevator free fall ride but you don't really know like when it's gonna happen or mm-hmm. um you know everything's very quiet and still in the queue area which is another thing like super wealthy not that the guardians of the galaxy one isn't wealthy because i think it is i'm a twilight zone fan you're a twilight zone yep. fan tons of homages to the series um in the tower of terror queue i understand that it's a dated property and not a lot of people know what the original twilight zone is anymore but I really loved it. It felt very real. It felt very authentic. Um, And the ride experience is just now completely different. Like it's just people like with their hands in the air, like singing along to like pop hits that you already know. Uh, And like doors opening randomly and showing shots of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like going, whoa. Uh, And (laughs) I I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I'm like you know, being a curmudgeon, but I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I understand that it's about like exploring the Tavon collection and like, you know, freeing the guardians of the galaxy or whatever. And I love rocket raccoon and I love the guardians like as, a, as characters, I think the movies are really good, but you know, I can't help but be really disappointed that 
this ride has taken the place of a ride that I think was one of the best that Disney's ever created. So enough about Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's talk about Rollick and Roasters. This ride is super fun to ride, super ah. fun to watch, and technologically is paving the way for future ride technology. Yeah. This trackless technology is going to be used in the Rise of the Resistance attraction that's opening hopefully in December. Who knows at this point? Yeah. But, um, you know, it's this little ride that it's kind of cool that it, it works as well as it does because it's former version uh luigi's flying tires was a terrible disaster the technology didn't work um and they've perfected it and mastered it and it works awesome looks awesome um and i I think it's one of those rides that's it's probably not top tier i honestly don't see it getting past the incredicoaster but if i'm talking about best disney rides i would pick luigi's rollick and roasters over this guardians of the galaxy abomination uh, all right, Kadeem, you have <laughs> quite the matchup to, to tie break here. Two completely opposite rides. What say you? Uh, um, I say that I was absolutely heartbroken when I found out Tower of Terror was being replaced with Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Mission Breakout. Uh, Tower of Terror was iconic and i really think it was a a mistake i understood why they did it but i mean it's just not the same now that said i think that the mechanics of the ride make it a better ride than um luigi's uh rock and roadster so uh, i'm gonna have to go with guardians of the galaxy mission breakout whoa Oh, man. Well, yep, number five. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout moves on, defeats the slow and silly Luigi's Relic and Roadsters. However, Chris, I do agree with your point that it has paved the way for future attractions, and it did, and there's a Ratatouille ride that's going to Disney World, and that's already at Disneyland Paris that uses the same kind of technology that's apparently one of the best rides in the disney park uh collection but um yeah i mean it's it's just silly (laughs) i also have never wanted to know what it felt like to be in a luigi car so are you kidding me you never watched cars and were like man i wonder what it would be like to be a car but you're not a car you're you're sitting in you you the car yeah and you are looking through the windshield that is a pair of eyes so you are becoming the car you are looking way over the wind it's like you're getting a piggyback ride as these guys dance you you are the dance you are dancing in the dance of the luigi's cousins from italy we're moving on to the next one (laughs) all right so we are hopping across the bracket to soaring around the world versus jumping jellyfish um Jumpin' Jellyfish is pretty bad. Um, it's a kiddie ride, which is cool, but it's about the same as a local carnival ride, so no contest. Yep, and soaring around the world in its first iteration, which is still at California. It, it made a, a little. Mi- nope. No, it's gone now. I think it's. Oh, uh, uh, it might have come back. I don't know. I haven't month. been there in a while. It's yeah, no, it came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it came back when we were there back in June, and 
they were going to just run it for June, but it sounded like they extended it through the summer, probably because they knew that Rise of the Resistance okay. wasn't going to open. But anyways, it was pretty groundbreaking when it first opened, and it still holds up for the most part. This version, not so much as the California version. They had some CGI issues with this around the world version, but that's not here, no there, because it's much better than Jumping Jellyfish, so I agree with you. Moving on, number seven versus number ten. Number seven being... Pixar Pal Around, which was, uh, took the place of Mickey's Fun Wheel, and Goofy's Sky School, which is a kind of mouse roller coaster, which whips you around corners up high in the sky, and you're supposed to be Goofy, uh, or you're supposed to be in Goofy's Flight School, and that's why it's so silly. Um, I mean, I think you can consider both very kind of carnival-esque you got a ferris wheel you got a mouse roller coaster i i this one's tough because it just doesn't really matter to me i think what makes the pixar power round fun is that there's two options for you so you can be in a cart that swings pretty aggressively or you can be in a stationary cart and it's fun to be in the one that uh swings because if you're in there with somebody else who doesn't realize it's going to be swinging, it's pretty hilarious. Um, but also, Goofy Sky School was a pleasant surprise, just at how quick it actually goes around the corners. And especially for like what's supposed to be a Disney ride, it feels really aggressive. But I think that Pixar Power Round fits its area better. It is an icon of the park. Um, and it's nice to get views of... Uh, DCA and of Disneyland and if you're looking the other way of uh, Anaheim I guess um, but I'm gonna just go ahead and move Pixar Pal around along because I just I think I enjoy that ride a little bit more than I do Goofy Sky School I agree with everything you said about the Pal around um, I've I've had enjoyable rides on it every time I've been on it no matter what it was called at that time um, I do agree they're both kind of carnivaly uh, and I think Goofy Sky School is more obviously carnival-y, but how's this for an idea? I'm going to play Imagineer for a second. Tell me if you agree. All right. You are not going to believe these words are coming out of my mouth. Oh, boy. I can't wait. Retheme Goofy Sky School to Coco. Put the whole thing inside so it's a dark, it's like a dark wild mouse ride. Uh-huh. Give it like a blacklight paint job. And it's like you're like going on the, a journey through like the land of the undead or whatever. Ah, I like that. I think that would be super fun, and you can like see, you know, they, you can have like people, you know, whatever. Maybe you're flying the little goat or whatever he little <laughs> friend is, you know. I think that would be a cool because, like I said, when we were talking about the email, mm-hmm. uh, I quite like like the 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 lore of Coco, right? Um, and I think. I think there would be an opportunity there. I mean, proximity to Pixar Pier is pretty close. Yeah, so why not? I think it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before Pixar Pier absorbs that area of the park. No, for sure. There's no way Jumping Jellyfish is sticking around by the end of this decade. Yep, absolutely not. I agree. Okay, moving down the list, we have number three, Toy Story Midway Mania versus number 14, Jesse's Critter Carousel. I have never been on Jesse's Critter Carousel, but Midway Mania is an elite attraction, and we can talk about it in the next round because 
There's no yep. way Jesse Crater cares, so it's going to beat it. So. Nope, yep, nope. That's Toy Story Midway Mania is definitely moving on in that one. Which brings us to Grizzly River Run versus Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, a 6 and 11 matchup, respectively. Uh, I mean, Grizzly River Run is a fast-paced water ride that you are roaring down a mountain, and Mater's Junkyard Jamboree is a carnival spin ride um in some fairs they're called like twister or hurricane or it's just a it's a very simple ride that is found at any local fair and i and grizzly river runs another icon of the park it was it was the icon of the park um in dca's first stage along with that sun <laughs> sun fountain that was really bad um God. so i'm i'm just gonna yeah grizzly river run moves on i think uh for me anyways kadeem did you ever ride the like river raft ride at six flags magic mountain yes sir have you ridden a uh, grizzly river run yes sir so do you want to talk about the differences between those two rides i mean like most things at Six Flags, the Six Flags one is just a little more aggressive. Um, I think the Disneyland one is more chill. That's that's really it. I find that the Grizzly River Run has super good theming. Um, and it's interesting because both of these two river raft rides were created, developed by Intamin, um, who pretty much has made every river raft ride in any park around mm-hmm. the world. Um, that's kind of one of their things amongst many other roller coaster creations. Um, it's interesting because they can they can make something super simple like the one at Six Flags. Um, name a Six Flags. There's an intimate river raft ride there, um, and it's it's pretty generic. And you get way more wet because it's it's pretty much about getting soaked on a hot summer day. Um, and then they can turn around and do something like Grizzly River Run. And a good comparison would be Kali River Rapids at Animal Kingdom or Shipwreck Rapids at SeaWorld. Um, super great theming. Not a whole lot in terms of like story or anything like that. Uh, at, at one point in... Kali River, there's like a tree that's on fire or something, and you're kind of like, what? what? <laughs> like, why? But, um, yeah, Grizzly River, great theming. Um, it's long. It feels like you're like, how is there this much track? Yes. Yes, it's very disorienting. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you what side of that mountain I'm on at any given time. Yeah, and you, you don't really see the rest of the park you're kind of like down low in this like little river thing um so your your bearings are completely lost um and it's one of those uh you know immersive reactions like what would it be like to go white rod or raft in uh, northern california and get swept up in some rapids and get a little <laughs> wet and uh, you know float down the river so uh, definitely appreciate it for that reason um yeah, I don't. Can you still like pay twenty five cents to like launch water bombs at people or whatever? I don't know that I've ever seen that actually work, 
but I know it's there. Well, regardless, um, the Mater ride is just kind of a flat ride that, like, it spins, but not really. So you're just looking at the back of a tractor cab the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, obviously Grizzly River is going to advance there. Which brings us to the Elite Eight. And we are going to hop right into it with the number one Radiator Springs Racers versus the number eight, the Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure. I have just one point here, and then I'm going to make my decision, and that is that the Radiator Springs Racers animatronics and audio animatronics are so much superior to the Little Mermaid ones, and for that alone, for this round, I am moving on Radiator Springs Racers. Um... uh... This ride, this Radiator Springs Racers ride. Um, here's some things I don't like about it. All right, I, it's the number one seed. It's it is a good ride, but I, I kind of want to pick it apart a little bit. Um, let's dive a little bit deeper here. Um, the wait times usually are pretty long on this ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would wait longer than like 90 minutes for it. What's your what's your max wait time for? Radiator Springs. I don't know that I've ever waited for it. It's usually a fast pass, one and done. I did it for the day. That's all I needed. Yeah. But if I had to, but if I had to, then yeah, it would. It, it wouldn't be much more than like an hour and a half. It's probably gonna stay in the sixty-minute zone. Yeah, and and I see it regularly two hours plus. Right. When it was new, like when it was new, it was like four. Um, thankfully, it's not like that anymore. But. Um, they do have a single rider, which is which is great, but the queue can get really long, and it's an excruciating queue to stand in. It's just all switchbacks. It's covered for the most part, but um, pretty boring uh, in terms of like theming. The music loop is like only a handful of songs, so if you're waiting like any more than. 30 minutes for the ride you end up hearing the same songs again and again and they're like hillbilly bluegrass and i'm a huge country right. music fan and i can't stand it so i do not like that about radiator springs racers i think the dark ride portion is good i don't think it's perfect i don't know there are certain elements of it that i just maybe were enjoyable to me the first time and then not so much because I know what's coming. Like for example, the the tomato thing where he like backs into a bush and then backs out of the bush, but it's like two separate tomatoes. Yeah. Like the first time I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, that was cool!" And like now, because I know it's coming, I'm like, I'm like, oh, like this thing. And then mm-hmm. and then like right after that, there's like the big mean like monster tractor or whatever. Yeah. Thing that like if if you don't know where it is, like it just seems like it comes out of nowhere, but like, because you know, it's coming, like you can clearly see it. there, just like turned off. I like the part where you can kind of go like either way, you can get your tires done or the paint job. Um, the tire, the tires effect is really cool. I think they use an effect similar to the hitchhiking ghosts in the haunted mansion where you get white wall tires installed on your car. Right. And the other side's like a paint shop, which I think it's extremely tacky that they play the lowrider song. It's like, and it's like Ramon 
Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like very anti Disney playing pop music, which is like another thing I don't like about Guardians of the Galaxy. But I digress. Um, there's like not there's like not a comparable cool like effect in that room than there uh, than there is in the um, tire room. Right. Um, so I don't like that. So it seems like you could potentially get the short end of the stick on one of the random elements in the ride. I like the racing aspect a lot, and it's always worked for me. I've never, I don't think I've ever ridden the ride where like I don't have someone I'm racing against, which can be a problem with a lot of like dueling roller coasters and stuff. Like, yeah, uh, as as rides age, like the timing is off, or they don't care anymore about the timing or or whatever. So. Um, I like that a lot. Um, I think the outdoor element is fun. It's got some good airtime moments. I think it's better than Test Track's outdoor section. Its indoor section, I don't think, is as good as Test Track's. But for the most part, I think it's a good ride. I just don't think it's it's. I don't think it's number one seed good. I, I like Ariel. Ariel's undersea adventure for me is a ride that I ride every single time I go to the park. It feels like a throw-in ride because it's like one that always has a short wait, which is a good thing, right? High throughput. Mm-hmm. Like what I'd be like, oh, you didn't ride Ariel's Undersea Adventure, so if you didn't get your money's worth, probably wouldn't say that. But I don't think I would say that about Radiator Springs Racers, honestly. At the end of the day, when I'm asking myself, what's the better California adventure ride? <sighs> I think simply for the thrill element, I'm going to go with Radiator Springs Racers just because I think that's what the park is supposed to be. It's supposed to be kind of like Disney's answer to Islands of Adventure, even though they're on opposite coasts. Um, it's To me, California Adventure has always kind of been like the big brother uh, so slightly more intense, slightly more thrilling attractions. Um, at the expense of theming, but I'm going with Raider Springs. I and I like love the inside portion of the ride, like probably almost a little bit more than the actual racing of it. I kind of wish that the racing was a little faster. <laughs> I want to get thrown out that thing. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, Raider Springs is moving on. We are heading right on down to. The number four Incredicoaster versus number five Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Chris, what you got? I think you know what I got. Uh, I already picked apart Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, So I'm going with Incredicoaster here. This is a really rare type of ride because, as you all probably know, it debuted as California Screamin' when the park opened. Uh, which was a very beloved attraction, uh, theming not not really existent at all, but it was a solid roller coaster. Uh, single inversion, a powered launch, a couple of camel humps, downward helix at the end. There's a second lift hill too, which is which is cool. It has these weird like tubes on the lift hills. I think that is to buffer sound, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and they made. Yeah, repurposed them. Yeah, so solid ride, but they rethemed it when Paradise Pier became Pixar Pier. Rethemed it to The Incredibles 2. Now there's an Edna Mode little pre-show element as you're leaving Mm -hmm. the station. And so you are playing the part of Dash, 
and he does the five, four, three, two, one, and you are trying to rescue Jack Jack, who has escaped from Edna Mode's watchful eye. Uh, so it's cool. Like there's a little theming in there and, uh, it makes a ride that was already pretty good a little bit better, which is rare for like a second incarnation of an attraction. Um, the one thing that I really, really do not like about the Incredicoaster and California Screaming before it, the on-ride photo location is super lame. Uh, yep. I don't know if that has something to do with like the proximity to the photo studio thing, mm. or, like where they show the photos. But like, why wouldn't you put it like at the end of the launch platform or like yeah. right before the loop or something? Like it's in this like the very bottom of the downward helix that's like right before you pull into the station and you're like, ah, what? Like what? Right. I don't know. So the the photos are always really weird. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. I really, 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 really loved the Tower of Terror, like you brought up. I am also a very big Twilight Zone fan, and the Tower of Terror was my bread and butter. Um, and I really, really enjoyed Screamin', and I went on uh, the Incredicoaster for the first time this past trip in June and was a little worried that it wasn't going to be that great but it's it's super fun it's it's the same coaster just now there's like a lot of fun theming elements and they made use of the scream tunnels as you brought up to host show elements and it's it's just the still the classic roller coaster with a disney twist and i really like that while guardians feels as you brought up maybe like a little bit less disney and it it feels much more like an overlay the lobby and the pre-show are really impressive. I really enjoyed both of that in uh, in Gardens of the Galaxy, but I go on the Incredicoaster over and over and over again, and I really only do Guardians probably once when I visit, so I'm also going to move on the Incredicoaster. Your dragon of Guardians of the Galaxy has been slain, Chris. Hallelujah! <laughs> Sweet God in heaven. All right, let's go ahead and get on to the number two Soarin' Around the World versus the number seven Pixar Pal Around. Um, I'm going to go straight with Soarin' Around the World. It's an impressive screen-based technology that makes you feel like you are floating in the air, maybe not necessarily in a hang glider, um, as it's supposed to make you feel like you're, you're flying through, but your, your legs are dangling nonetheless. It's still cool feeling and uh they they pump in the scents and they give wind and it's all that good stuff and pixar power round is a ferris wheel so i think that um the use of technology is fairly quintessential disney and the pixar power round is just taking a carnival ride and throwing some disney skin on it so i'm gonna go with soren around the world yeah, I also am going with Soren around the world. I personally liked Soren over California much better. Also, oh, oh absolutely, same. Uh, a lot of people think like, oh, well, because if people ride it and they're not from California, they won't know what they're looking at. The thing is, most of the people that ride it are from California. Like, yeah. it's a park that caters mostly to locals. So, to me, it was always really fun when, um, like someone's city would be shown on the screen and then you hear like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Bay Area, yeah! 
it's like <laughs> like it takes you out of it for a second but like i don't know for like when you go to an amusement park that many times it's those little ritualistic elements that keep you coming back sometimes you know like uh ghost host in the haunted mansion saying no windows and no doors like everyone knows everyone knows the words and everyone says it along with him um and you know some that's that's part of the fun so i really like that about soaring over california and you know the the small imperfections in the filmmaking and you know seeing the day to disneyland all that stuff was really cool to me i didn't think it looked bad on disney to have something that looked like that it it still accomplished its goal of you know being a hang glider attraction and also i think soaring around the world is extremely tacky the way it handles its transitions like it's like a whale like splashing and then a polar bear splashing and then an elephant throwing sand at the screen it's like just just hard cut i don't care just hard cut to the next place yeah so uh if i could knock soaring around the world uh, on a couple of things those would be it but yeah like you said pixar pal around is a ferris wheel with an identity crisis so, um, going with Soren. So we will move right on down the bracket to our final Elite Eight matchup of this episode. We've got Toy Story Midway Mania versus Grizzly River Run. Now, this one is tough for me because something I love about Disney and something that I hate about Universal is the way that Universal handles screen technology in its attractions. Seems like everything at Universal involves a screen of some kind. Uh, it's put on 3D glasses and ride this car and then look at the 3D screen, and then if we need to change it later on, we can because it's a screen. Um, first of all, feels really cheap. Second of all, makes me physically ill. Get extremely nauseous when I look at those things. So something I really like about Grizzly River Run is that it's a real ride where you feel real wind going down a real hill and get wet with real water you know that's something that you absolutely cannot experience anywhere else other than going on a real river rafting trip Um, so that's something i really appreciate about grizzly river run but i think toy story midway mania is one of the few rides that employs the screen technology very effectively i love the um game element to it mostly Probably because I'm an extremely competitive person and I just want to win and get the score of the day every time. I love that it has uh, secret targets and like hidden sequences that you can unlock if you hit targets in a certain way. If I could knock it for something, it would be that it feels like the ride vehicle is going to fall apart sometimes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It's just a weird thing about it. It it feels like held together with like duct tape or something, but that might just because I'm yanking my rope extremely hard. Um, and also the, the cue for midway mania is kind of one of those Disney redemption stories where when the ride opened it, there was like no air conditioning and people were like passing out in line because it was extremely hot uh, inside like the little room that it goes in. Uh, so they had yeah. to install like fans in there. Um, the, o- there was no overflow. So they had to create like some awnings across the walkway, which like is its own other set of problems. At the end of the day, I think Midway Mania is a must ride Disney attraction. Grizzly River Run is great, but the weather is another thing that affects 
your enjoyment of Grizzly River Run. Believe it or not, it does get cold in Southern California sometimes, um, and sometimes it's just not really an enjoyable ride. So uh, I am advancing Toy Story Midway Mania to our final four. Yeah, as much as I want to argue with you on this one, because I do really love Grizzly River Run, um, I, I do agree. It The theming and the uh, uniqueness of Toy Story Midway Mania just puts it right above Grizzly River Run because, I mean, you brought up in the last round, like, how many water rides have you been on? Like, it, there's one at every single theme park, every single amusement park, um, and you can get the same sort of enjoyment out of each one, which is going down hills in a, in a raft of some sort and getting wet. And Midway Mania is a super unique attraction that you can't really find anywhere else except for Disney Parks. It's also one that I have to do every single time, as you were saying, and Grizzly is not one because it's often it gets cold when I visit, especially if it's during our baseball off season and it's the middle of December, like Southern California still can get a little chilly. So I agree with you. I am also going to move Toy Story Midway Mania on to the final four. All right, folks, we did it mostly with no arguing this time. Which Mostly. I figured was going to happen because me and Kyle are both huge parks people, and we can approach most of this with a very level head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guess what? Our final four for the first time ever is our top four ranked seeds. Wow, it happened. Yeah, it happened. We're going to have number one Radiator Springs Racers versus number four Incredicoaster, and number two Storm Around the World versus number three Toy Story Midway Mania. I guess those uh, those couples that are interns. Uh, interviewed really uh matched these up they had their finger on the pulse of this park so um any final thoughts on how all of this went down um you know i think that this is definitely what the final four should be um i think that i have an inkling of how this is going to turn out but uh yeah i'm excited and um it's interesting to see some of the um, previously California-themed ones, rides that were fantastic and still are, are on opposite sides, um, as well as there's Pixar ones on opposite sides, so should be good. Yeah, I think that this is just about where it was going to end up. Um, little, I guess I'm a little surprised that we both decided and credit coaster was going to move on um because i just didn't i couldn't get a read on what you were going to go with um even though i knew your displeasure for guardians of the galaxy but it's uh yeah this is going to be an interesting conversation in this next one um i think that uh, with your sentiments on uh radiator springs um and mine with the incredit coaster that matchup is going to be super fun and uh yeah I, I i'm excited for the next episode all right, well, we're going to leave you with that. Kadeem, thank you so much for being on this episode. We look forward to having you back in the final four. Thanks for having me. And don't forget, you can send us an email. Please send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us where we tweet around the clock at mousemadnesspod. Until then, permanecer sentados, por favor. Oh,